Hello, everyone, and welcome to High Hungry, I'm Dad, the podcast where nerdy dads talk nerdy fads. I am your pyromaniac host, Jared, and I'm here with... I'm Nathan. <laughs> what? So imagine if you will. No, I, no actually, you know, I'm, I, I'm very intrigued and I want to know where this is going. Okay. You, I think I've already told you this story. In but... a world. <laughs> in the world where Jared is a pyromaniac. <laughs> so... How I started my weekend off was I decided to cook a pizza in the oven. Well, without knowing that one of my roommates in particular likes to keep their pots and pans in the oven Uh with their plastic lids on top. This is not an unusual thing. Like You acted like it was completely crazy, and it's not. So pots and pans? No, I've seen that. But leaving the plastic covers on top? Is not normal. I I don't I, I don't see the big difference because it's plastic in an oven. Yeah, it's and like wh- keeping your foil in the microwave. Yeah, and then when you use the oven, you open it up to check. But the thing is, though, is that if you turn on the oven uh-huh. and a pan is in there, it's not going to catch fire. Yes, if you leave plastic in there, well, it I mean, will catch fire. But a lot of the handles for pots and pans are plastic. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, don't necessarily put pots in there unless they're like the skillets that are cast iron or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're saying only, you're only allowed to put cast iron skillets in the oven. And pans that don't have plastic on them. So like cast iron pans. I mean, just pans, just regular pans. Most pans have some sort of plastic or rubber on the handles. That's not true. It's pretty true. Like a cookie... A cookie uh, pan? Are you talking about a cookie sheet? Yeah, like like those, a baking sheet. Like just different, yeah, the, just different pans. That's, that's those aren't pans. Those yes, are cookie are. sheets. No, I hate that we're starting off this way. <laughs> I hate that we're starting off so combative, and I blame you for this. Good, good. I, I blame you for this. You blame me for everything. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one thing that I like to be combative about is uh, time off of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me as much time off work as possible. Yeah, I, I I like the idea of having a good vacation that would be paid. I don't I don't get paid vacations now. With, oh, that sucks. Well, it's just the type of work I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm commission I'm straight commission. So right. if you I can don't take a day off, but you're gonna yeah, take and a I, hit. but I usually only take like one day off a week. Right. I mean, I work a half day on Saturday, but I always take Sundays off. Well, what I'm talking about is not necessarily vacation. I mean, you're still working in a sense, uh, but you're taking some time off. And what I'm talking about specifically is pay time off for having children. Yes. like Specifically, it's it's typically referred to as maternity leave or paternity leave, depending on your gender. Right. And more often than not, you're going to get maternity leave and not paternity leave. Yeah, that's true. But there are some cases where companies are giving off for both parents. Uh-huh. Which is pretty interesting. I mean, for the most part, it was always, like, whenever I was growing up, it was always, like, the women would get off for maternity leave, but the guys are still working. Yeah. Well, I mean, you still got to make money to pay for bills. Yeah, you do. But at the same time, I mean, the fathers need a chance to really be able to bond with the child as well. That's true. So I'm I'm glad that to some extent that's being recognized now. Yes. Well, but it still, it still has a long way to go, though. Yeah. So uh, in the U.S., they have the Family Medical Leave Act where mothers and fathers, uh, you know, brand new mothers, brand new fathers can take time off from work. But it, the only thing that it guarantees, so you get 12 weeks typically with FMLA. And what it, and the only thing it guarantees is that when you come back, that you won't be fired. Right. That you can have your job back. That's all it promises. It doesn't. Which really isn't all that much. It really isn't. But they, it doesn't guarantee you any pay. Um, most maternity leaves only give you a, a, a portion of your regular pay. Yeah. For the most part, I think if you're getting anything, it's it's only a portion. Like most often than not, it's less than fifty percent of your actual pay. Yeah, it's it. Oh no, it's 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 like seventy five to fifty to seventy five percent. That's that's I, fairly typical. Okay, I didn't see seventy five percent, so that's interesting. I'd like to 
to research that a little bit. Uh, it's further. just different companies. D- the, depending on the company, they get to choose what they give you. There's no regulation on it other than that you it, when you come back, you get your job back. Right. Uh, some companies don't pay anything. Hmm. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, it was Starbucks that <clears throat> corporate people who are working in the corporate office uh-huh. get like up to 12 or 18 weeks, I think, at a percentage of their pay. But if you're a barista or working in one of the stores, you get nothing. You get nothing, yeah. yeah. It's typically how it is. The corporate world typically will give uh, a certain percentage of regular pay for 12 weeks, and that's it. Uh, and then, uh, like, if you're not in the corporate world, if you're more blue-collar, if you're in the service industry or whatever, you get nothing. So, like, I get nothing. You get nothing. I get nothing. Good day, sir. Mm-hmm. No paid benefit baby time for you. <laughs> Did I do it? Did I do the the soup Nazi? Sure. Did you get Did you get it? No. It was the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. I get it. But but it, instead of the soup Nazi, he was the, the the baby Nazi. Yeah, yeah. The paid that the paid baby right. time <laughs> paid baby time Nazi. Baby Nazi is a is a fun video game idea <laughs> that I just created. Does it include a little baby with a with a little Hitler mustache? No, because it doesn't. that's kind of adorable. <laughs> I mean, it's it's terrible, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I hate that we went down this road. Hey, you took us here. I did. You yeah. are you uh. are driving the Uber. <laughs> so sponsor us, really... Uber. I mentioned you. <laughs> you Uber owes us a hundred dollars now. Thank you, Uber. So what brought this on is uh, there was an article that I saw this past week on. I think it was November 9th is when the article came out. And it was this is this is fun. I, I found this really interesting. It's by Jordan Press, uh huh, who works with the Canadian Press. <laughs> nice. So it's Jordan Press, the Canadian Press, and he's Canadian, so it works. Oh, so oh, so the guy's name is Jordan Press. Yes. Okay, or the <laughs> author. I don't. I don't. I mean, the who, writer. Who am I to yeah. assume their gender? I apologize. That's fair. I mean, Jordan I feel, is... Yeah, I feel better music. now. Well, good. I'm glad you feel better. The article goes on to say that new parents in Canada, uh, starting on December 3rd, will be able to spread their benefits to 12 months uh, at 55% of their salary, or 18 months at 33% after the birth of their child. So I don't know if this is for both mothers and fathers. It is. Uh, it is. It, it seemed like it was. It says it later on in the article. Okay. So it that that is for mothers and fathers. So it it essentially gives them paid eighteen months. Yes. And on top of that, if you keep reading, you they actually get twelve weeks before the baby's born. Right. And that was my next uh, point was that they get twelve weeks, like you said, before the child which, is even born. Which is awesome because that's that's time when a, a lot of mothers get put on bed rest anyway. Yep. Um, and when a mother gets put on bed rest, the, the father kind of needs to be there to help out and chip in and to do extra stuff. And uh, that's that's prime nesting time. Right. I mean, that is when like you're like, OK, it's down to the wire. I need to finally put this crib together. The, I mean, essentially, this comes out to almost two years mm-hmm. if you take the full 18 months after the birth. Yeah. And granted, it's only 30, 33 percent of your salary. Well, and what you know, but it's, still, that's really fucking good. Yeah. Well, and then you still have savings that you're living off of, and then you still are guaranteed your job back. Right. So, what I really like about this is that the uh, there's a government official, I can't remember their name, but they, they said, We think that this is going to make people more productive at work after having a child because they won't be constantly worried about their child. Because at 18 months, your kid typically is walking. And is capable of being in a classroom environment like a day school right. or being with a nanny or something like that. They're, they're more capable at that point. An au pair. Yeah, an, an au pair. And, uh, and, and I just found that fascinating because I've been through, and you've been through this too, I'm sure, where, you know, kids born and then somebody's got to work. Somebody goes back to work. Somebody goes back early. You know, whatever's going on is going on. And then, uh, you just feel like you're missing out on these crucial early moments of your kids' lives. Like, I mean, 
I was there for Charlie's first step. I was there for Molly for Emma's first step. I missed Molly's first step, and that crushes me. I mean, and that that didn't have to do that had more to do with the divorce than it had to do with I had to be at work. But like, I missed that. I wasn't there for it. Right. You know, and for parents who have the opportunity to be there for those things, for those big milestones that come early in a kid's life, that's huge. Those are huge memories. Yeah, and you can't you can't recreate it. You can't get it back. You can't. I remember taking a video of Charlie walking, you know, right after she took her first step and then like texting it to my ex-wife and then her like crying and being upset because she wasn't there. And in my mind, I'm like, why aren't we all excited? Now, and then I, and then I realized, oh, it's because she's not here to see it. She's at work. Yeah, of course. You know, so like I totally. I mean, you want to be there for the big moments. <clears throat> yeah, and absolutely. There's a lot of big moments in those first 18 months. Absolutely. I mean, and there's they're starting to become more vocal. They've already said their first word. Um, by 18 months, kids can put together. Um, they can they they can convey thought like their own thoughts. I mean, it's not good, but they can do it. You know, it's not like they're stringing together like sent- eloquent sentences, but they're they're able to get a point across. Like, I want that. I'm hungry, but you know, and it's not just crying. They say you know, hungry and pointing at their tummy or pointing at something or, you know, can I have, you know, or uh, my kids are always say I bite, meaning they wanted a, a bite of something that I was eating, which of course I told them no. Yeah, of course, because you're a great dad. Yeah, yeah, and it's my food. Get out of my food. Go buy your own food. Yeah, get your own food, you little jerks. Get a job. Stop, stop taking the food out of my mouth. Yeah, it's 18 months. Get a job. You're yeah. eight, You're 18 months old. You're practically an adult. Like, get out there. Yeah. If I have to work until I die, you do too. Yeah, grow, grow up. Yeah. So, I, you know, I want to, I, I really want to applaud Canada on this. That That is huge. That is a huge deal. What I like about it is that they set it for December 3rd, any child that is born after December 3rd. It's not if you got pregnant, you know, after December 3rd. It's if the child is born after December 3rd in Canada, right. both parents can take 18 months. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. They're, they're taking the economy into account. They're taking in um, people's work ethic into account. You know, well, you're going to be a more effective worker if you can focus on work. Uh, I mean, a mother would... How does that even make sense? Well, a mother's going to be... If you can focus on something, you might be better at something? Yeah. Holy shit, that is novel idea. I mean, can you imagine how hard it would be, it must be for a mother to sit there at her desk and try to do work while she's pumping? Yeah, no shit. I mean... I couldn't even fucking imagine. I mean, I tried pumping, and it does not work. I couldn't focus on anything else. Nothing. It, I mean, I'll be honest. It hurts. <laughs> you like this? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> so one thing that I was kind of confused on, it seemed to me like the article was saying that it's only for federal employees at this point. No, it's a federal uh, program. Okay, well, here's what it said in the article. It says that the change in rules will automatically give workers in federal regulated workplaces like banks, transport companies, public service, and telecom. Yes, but it's 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 talking it's, at the beginning of the article. It doesn't it doesn't specify, so it doesn't get like so broken down. But they're saying like this is available to all people. I think in this instance, it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I read it wrong. Maybe you're reading it right. Maybe it's only to federal workers. But the way that I read it, it made it sound like it was for everybody and it was uh, government uh, regulated. And it could be. Yeah, essentially just to make sure that you got paid for it. Yeah. And, you know, we've had some uh, listens from Canada again, even though you tried desperately to stop them. Uh, so thanks, Canada. Not as, not as hard as Andrew <laughs> and Simon did a couple <laughs> episodes ago. That's true. Those guys can't stop talking about us. I know. I they love can't. it. But yeah, if if you're listening in Canada and you know anything about this uh, new law that's going into place, let us know. We're interested. I'm very interested. Please like e- email us, highhungrypodcast at gmail.com. I know we're going to say it later, but I just want to throw it out now. Get on it. Get on it right now. Pull over. We'll wait. There's a Tim Hortons up the road, and you just pull over, and uh, <laughs> before you get yourself some poutine, you can uh, send us an email. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Also, speaking governments, I just want to throw a big shout out to uh, Australia for legalizing same-sex yeah, uh, same no marriage. Shit, right? Like, that's that's legit. Good job. Yeah, good job. Hey, great job. <laughs>
so speaking of government programs, uh, there is a 12-year-old in Denver, Colorado, that is suing the U.S. Attorney General's office. Rocky Mountain High, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's suing for the legalization of medical marijuana. Uh, this story comes out of uh, Fox 31 in Denver, the local affiliate uh, of Fox. And Alexis Bortle is a 12-year-old, and she's suing the U.S. Attorney General's office. And she has a really interesting story. She has had seizures for most of her life, and her family had to move from Texas to Colorado. Because we don't do the weed around here. Yeah. You I mean, I think I think we legalized like a very small percentage of cases. And well, and we just made, we did, they just passed a law, at least in Harris County, to where if it's four ounces or under, you just get a ticket. You don't get taken to jail. Right. And that's actually pretty huge that they would do that. Yeah, but that's that's not medicinal. I that's know, I know. Just it's recreational. It's, it's just step to, steps towards decriminalizing weed. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, is there are people that fucking need it right now. I know. So her family moved from from Texas to Colorado specifically because Colorado has legal marijuana. Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> Twice in the same episode. Good job. <laughs> So while she was in Texas, her doctors wanted to give her brain surgery. Yeah, they they'd done a number of um she tried a number of medications. She was on a lot of medications and uh you know somebody I think it was a family friend or somebody that they knew you know just mentioned, "Hey, there's this medication, cannabis that you can get in Colorado. You should try that instead of doing the brain surgery." Mhm. Which, yeah, I would definitely fucking try that instead of doing brain surgery on what would have been a 10-year-old girl at that time. Because here's the thing is that why not try everything, literally everything, Yeah. before you have to go to resort to surgery? Like if this was my kid, I would want to try everything before taking a knife to them. For sure. You know, if I had to take them to Colorado and put some cannabis oil on in their mouth like in the morning and at night which is what this what uh alexis yeah it was what she she does yeah two doses a day one yeah. in the morning one in the evening yeah and that's awesome it works she hasn't it, i saw that she she hasn't had a seizure in two and a half years i mean that's incredible that's a that's a long time going seizure free that is to me medical proof that marijuana has medicinal properties yeah, so uh, currently the attorney general is Jeff Sessions, uh, uh-huh. a real, a real fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's on record as being against all forms of uh, marijuana. Yeah, medical and medis or, or medicinal and uh, just recreational. recreational. Yeah. So as of right now, the U.S. government uh, cracked down on marijuana in the 1970s and classified it as a Schedule One drug. Which means they can, uh, it's, they think that it's more harmful than cocaine and on par with heroin. Yeah, I was going to say, fucking it's, ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's schedule one and that's ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's just, they say it's more, it's more harmful than, like you said, cocaine and, uh, what else was the other Meth. one? Meth. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it is not. <laughs> like, no, it, it's, it's absolutely not. I don't understand where people, get this idea that it is it's 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 it, it was, it's the scare it's the government scared people in the 60s and 70s because there are a lot of people who are suddenly smoking pot and uh and so what the government did was because they couldn't regulate it they outlawed it yeah well i mean i don't think that's the only reason that it got outlawed, but I mean, there's a lot of things lobbyists well, yeah it's play. it's because the, yes yeah, lo- there's lobbyists they, they didn't understand it and they, they didn't want to put forth the effort to research it and its benefits. They just saw that it got you high, and so they marked it as a dangerous drug. Yeah, but why Schedule 1, though? I don't, I don't get that. Uh, uh, I believe it moved to Schedule 1 in the 80s. Or was maybe. it was it Schedule 1 before then? I don't, I don't know that it was. I don't know it, why, but I've of... read a lot about this, and I don't know why. Because <laughs> I don't even smoke, dude. 420. <laughs> Blowing those clouds. So in the article, Alexis's uh, attorney from New York, Michael Hiller, argues it should be legal nationwide. 
Yeah. Which I agree with that. I agree sure. with that. Medicinally, absolutely. Recreationally, I you know, I don't do it, so it doesn't bother me if other people do, just so long as yeah. it's regulated the same way that alcohol or, or tobacco is regulated. Right, exactly. I mean, there are definitely ways to do it. They've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And why they think they can't do it with marijuana, I don't understand. Well, I mean, um, they, they are, though, just... <laughs> Just not in the not in the majority of the states yet, right? So medic medicinal marijuana is legal in twenty nine states. Yes, but uh, which is more than half, which is good. That's more than half not good medicinally, enough. but for recreational use, it is not uh, that much. I think it's like seven states. Yeah, some a small portion. Yeah, so I mean. That side's going to get there eventually. I think it's going to kind of be like marriage equality where it just kind of comes rolling in a wave where every state just kind of goes, okay, okay, okay. So one of the reasons why marijuana is listed as a Schedule 1 drug is because they say that it has no medical purposes whatsoever. Bullshit. Very much bullshit. It's been proven multiple times that there are medical benefits for it. Yeah. And, I mean, the, and the government refuses to fucking see that as I, actual proof. Well, I have a friend who had cancer, and as she was going through chemo, she was dropping a lot of weight because she just didn't want to eat, and yeah, she got to an unhealthy weight. She got to an unhealthy size, and doctor told her, look, I can't tell you to smoke weed, but that's something that will help you. Uh, it will help your appetite get to a healthy place. Right. I mean, I want he because he couldn't tell her that as a doctor to do it. He can't prescribe it for her, but he knows the benefit of that's one of the side effects of smoking weed is that you get the munchies and then you you eat. I mean, you you get a healthy appetite. You might not want to eat healthy things, but you're going to eat. And that is a medical benefit to me. Definitely. Uh, I mean, I talked to my father about this uh, as you know, and I don't know a lot of listeners if they know or not, but my mother died of cancer. So did my mother's father. So did my mother's brother. <laughs> so, I mean, this is a pretty big deal in, in my family. And I watched them lose weight because of chemotherapy. And they just waste away. Yeah. And it's difficult to watch. I mean, I feel like we're getting heavier than i wanted to but i mean this is this is really from a personal space with me in particular so to say that it has no medical benefit is bullshit it absolutely is it it keeps your appetite up when you're going through chemotherapy if that's what you're going through uh but at the same time cannabis oils it's showing relieve seizures it's releasing young children yeah go fuck yourself yeah just fucking do it already like yeah what is the problem Jared, are you going to join normal? Maybe. You should join normal. Should I? Yeah. Have you joined? No, I'm a part of normal. Garfield's cousin, the cute cat. Oh, fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. I did it. I worked in I worked in Jim Davis's beautiful creation, <laughs> normal, from Garfield. So on a lighter side of the story, uh, something that's a little bit more upbeat, because we did get heavy. Yeah. Uh, this girl is real chill. <laughs> she's real chill. <laughs> she's... She's super easygoing. Yeah. Everybody likes her. Yeah. I don't know why. She just seems very down to earth. She's she's cool. Yeah. You know, Jared, are you cool? Probably the, probably the coolest 12-year-old you'll ever meet. Yeah. Are you cool? I'm I'm awesome. I know when, when somebody asks you if you're cool, I mean that they're that's code for do you smoke weed? Yeah, it is. That's why I didn't say I was cool. Yeah. So, I'm not cool either. But uh, one thing that she did with her family, they, they raise goats and they make soap. So the soap that they were making, they sent to Houston and to Texas for Hurricane Harvey. Nice. The next topic that we have is about uh, like three fears that parents have about their kids being on the black mirror. technology devices. Yeah. No, not the black mirror. It's the black mirror. That's what this is. It's a black mirror. No, but it's not off whenever they're looking at it. I know, but okay, but it's still it's the Black Mirror. That's the whole point. That's why the show is called the Black Mirror. Wait, there's a show called Black Mirror. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I heard somebody say Jesus pleases uh, earlier today, and that that pleased me. I was like, I like it. Jesus pleases. <laughs> I'm stealing it. <laughs> Jesus pleases. It is, it's just a funny phrase to me because it's like, what are you quite asking from him <laughs> <laughs> to please you? 
Jesus, please us. Who? <laughs> you, like, he's up there going, who? Like, all, all of you? you? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Okay, so this topic is, uh, it's a TED Talk. We we got it from the TED Talk. <laughs> we, yeah. I did it. <laughs> that's, where yeah. we, that's where we get them from. That's where, that's where we get TED Talk from. So, and as you as we all know about TED Talks, they are all... Um, TED Talks. Yes, they're all... Well, they're they're all... The reason why they're called TED Talks is because they're all based on the rantings of uh, How I Met Your Mother character, Ted Mosby. I just saw saw Ted Mosby's face, and I was like, that guy... Wait, behind me? No, like in my brain, in my brain space. Oh, in your playground. It's my uh, mind palace. It's a Sherlock joke. I gotta please our our nerd fans. Of course. So Sarah DeWitt had a TED Talk, and she is discussing the three fears that parents have with putting kids in front of technology. Basically, she says that over 40% of Americans check their phones within five minutes of waking up every morning. And then they check it 40 to 50 times a day. Yeah. And that's pretty incredible. I do it way more. I think it would be a lot more than 50. If you think about it, 48 times is twice an hour in a 24-hour period. And you can, and you go to think about that people are awake probably only like 16 to 18 hours a day, of a day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do the math on it, but that's that that's like even more <laughs> in an hour than two. So you have 50, no. the less than sign. Yeah, no, I and get then... <laughs> No, I get it, but I'm so bad at math that I don't want to try. Oh, okay. So 50 times a day. I wasn't going to actually, gonna actually do the math. No, 50 times a day is actually quite a bit when you think about it. It is. I mean, I just but, rounded I mean, down to forty-eight because it's divisible by twenty-four. But I mean, we're so addicted to our phones these days. Like, yeah, I would think that you're checking it at least three times in an hour. Every time you get a text message, you look at it. Every time you get an email, you look at it. I mean, every time you get a phone call, you look at it first before you hold it up to your ear. You get a notification from a nap. You get a notification from social media. You get a notification from uh, a game. You, every time that happens, you look at your phone. You get a notification whenever Trump tweets. I, I don't, because I do not follow him. I don't either. But I, if I, you I, did, I could only imagine you're at least looking at it 400 times a day. So the first fear that she talks about is screens are passive. This is going to keep your kids from getting up and moving, which is a legitimate fear. Kind of, but I, I do like that there are apps that have come out, especially in the last year, Pokemon Go. I know that there was a lot of dumb shit that happened when the game first came out, and I know a that they and I know that they did a bunch of dumb shit to it to, that makes it not fun to play anymore. But they tried, you know, like they yeah. they they're saying, "Hey, get up, move around." I mean, like when I don't know if you remember this, but uh, the Wii used to tell you uh, every few every few like sessions or whatever, every few ever ever so often, it would tell you to get up, go outside, or like. You know, take a break. And I just thought, I well, was with the th- Wii, you, and the kids were still up and moving, though. So yeah, I mean, it's sort of. I mean, you could fake a lot of stuff sitting down. You could, but I mean, that's the only way that you can really do uh, Mario Party is to fake it sitting down. But it was still being somewhat active. You were still kind of moving with the controllers. Yeah, and it wasn't just stationary. Yeah, and that and that's something that the the Wii was trying to get people to be more active. That's why they came up with a Wii Fit. Right, but um, I think that there there are a lot more uh, running apps, and there are a lot more um, apps that can tell you where a, a good a hiking trail is, and things like that. Or you know, yeah, there's an app for everything now. Th- there literally is, and there's and there's a ton of cool stuff that that's very active. I mean, I have a an app to work out to that I haven't done in a while, but. Um, it's it basically get, it's it says okay this is your workout for today, and then you just go do it. I don't need weights. I don't ha- need anything special other than just you know, clothes and shoes. And what's fun is that like my kids like to do it with me too. They would go okay, Dad, what are we doing next? What's our next What's our next workout thing? When I'd have them on the weekends, they loved it. So I don't I don't think screens are passive, at all. I uh, think it, I think it depends on what you're doing with them. If you're just sitting there watching a show, yeah, it can be passive. 
Well, if you're doing something, but even even then, your your brain is functioning. Your brain is absorbing information. Yes, but not necessarily great information. Not always. It depends. I mean, that's why you have to be involved with what your kids are watching, you know, or you have to be mindful of what you're doing. Because, I mean, if all you're doing is watching mindless, you know, something mindless for hours on end, then maybe you should think about switching up what you watch. Maybe watch a documentary on something or... I don't know, watch some Discovery Channel for a while. Well, I mean, it's, different, it's different than with you in particular than with your kids. That's true. So keeping, keeping it on the topic of kids, you have to really be aware of what you're putting in front of them. Well, and, because and, you, and you most... definitely have the, the option of your, your own escape yeah. of like just watching a TV show or playing a little mobile game or doing something for a little while. But if you put your kids onto just a, a game that is just mindless and say, here, do this for a while, then that's not things... as good as, as putting them in front of something educational. That's true. In the same aspect of an app but, or a website or something like that. But even still, kids are learning skills from quote-unquote mindless video games. Not necessarily. You, you can learn problem-solving. You learn hand-eye coordination. Not necessarily. But I'm just saying that it's there. In some of them, in, yes. in in a lot of cases, that's what you can learn from it. For the most part, I don't think that you know just putting your your kids in front of a screen is passive. Uh, but I I do think that there are cases that they can be. Uh, absolutely, I mean there there's two sides to every coin, right? Right, of course. I mean, but this is also on the flip side of people being afraid of uh of their kids having screen time. Yeah, you know, and and. You don't always have to be afraid of it. I mean, if if you are aware of what your kid is doing and like my kids with their Kindle, my all three of my girls have Kindle fires and they are not allowed to download anything without my say. So they actually have a block on their Kindles where they can't any game they want. I take a look at beforehand and then and if I think it's OK, then I'll download it for them. Yeah, I do the same thing with my daughter. My son is his own entity. He does what he wants at this point. I mean, he's 15. I fall into the trap of, you know, putting my kid, uh, my, my daughter, in front of, like, the iPad or something. And she can watch a movie on Netflix or she can watch a show on Netflix or she can play some games that she's downloaded or whatever. Yeah. I'm not fearful of putting them, my kids specifically, I'm not fearful of them having screen time. And probably what most people would consider a lot of screen time. Uh-huh. But the the only kid that I'm worried about is my son. Because the only thing that he does on it is he watches either Hulu or Netflix and watches YouTube. Yeah. And that's really about the only thing he does. So it is a concern for me, but I can't, I can't wean him off of it at this point. I think that that's something that's either going to... Uh be really productive for him in the future or it's something that he's going to have to learn to grow out of. Yes. Because I mean, let's be honest, the internet is not a place to cultivate social interaction. It, it really isn't. It, it's a place where you can learn to debate really well. And then if you type in all caps and scream, then <laughs> other people will just ignore you. Yeah. But, uh, you're social without being social. Yeah, you, it, you're social without you without the face to face. This is something that uh, my my friend Way was talking about on his podcast. Everybody's basic. Hey Way, I just wanted to give you a shout out. Hey Way, uh, which is uh, there. So him and Ariel, who's his co-host, they they um, signed up for a robotic boyfriend or girlfriend. So it's a robotic significant other, and what they do is they text you. <laughs> like to like check up throughout the day and then they like talk to you or whatever and then you talk to them and the whole concept of it is hilarious to me and that them and them talking about it on their show was really funny but um what it came down to was that there's no face-to-face -face interaction this is a fake person and even if it was a real person because you're not having actual interaction with them you're just talking to them you know, through through an app or, or through a text message, you're not getting real interaction. You're not you're not having a, a phone conversation where you're talking to them. You're not, 
you know, and, and that's where, you know, that's where I'm coming from on that, you know, you don't cultivate social interaction in a, in a, in a positive way straight yeah. through, uh, you know, when somebody's not just on a screen all day. You know, and that really brings up an interesting concept in, in a sense of most people these days, uh, they just text back and forth. They don't call. They don't really talk outside of their phones. Well, I like texting and I like sending messages because I, I can I can send you a thought that I have that I would probably forget in an hour when you call me back. And you can respond almost instantaneously or you can respond within the hour. Yeah. Or, you know, just later that day. And that's one thing I, I like about it is that I can have my thought, share it with you, and then you get back to me when you can. Right. But my question is, is that hindering your relationship growth with that person? I don't, because you're not talking directly to them as much as you are on your phone. Well, see, I think that like you and I text almost constantly, right? Yes. I mean, in, in a, not we to, also have this. Yeah. And this is great. Yeah. And we can actually sit there and, and look in each other's eyes and... But even Just if get lost, even if we didn't have this, we would no, still lost, we would maybe. still. Oh maybe God! And these baby blues. Yeah. I know. I, I know. It's so hard. Like, I'm so in my I go wonky. <laughs> Can you see it? I see it. I brought it back. <laughs> Going away. Brought it back. You brought wonky back. Brought my wonky back. Uh, I'm bringing wonky back, y'all. <laughs> so, um, so, but I mean, even if you and I didn't have this, even if we didn't have the uh, you know the podcast to do or anything like that, because we talk so much, we would still spend time together. Like I would still make an effort to come spend time with you. That's that's a fair point. But what I'm saying though is that if you're only interacting for the most part, because I mean, there's a lot of people that work late that have schedules that mismatch. Yeah. So they don't get a lot of alone time with somebody who they're in a relationship with. So if that's the only way that you're communicating, are you really building a good foundation for a relationship without having that one-on-one -on -one personal interaction? See, I think you can, though. It's possible. I mean, it's possible. I mean, not you, everybody's built the same. Obviously, if you're in a, and this is something that that Away and Ariel brought up, but you know, it, it's it's definitely helpful for long distance relationships. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I cause I'm in one. I mean, it's not that far, but it's far enough. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, I was in one for a while. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I broke your heart. But yeah, so with 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 that aspect of it, it's easier to shoot text messages, talk on the phone a couple times a week, and then you know every week and a half to two weeks actually be able to see each other. Right. So fear number two, uh, she says, is playing games on these screens is just a waste of time. Uh, it's not going to or it's going to distract children from their education. And we already kind of touched bases on this. Uh, well, there are educational games. There are definitely educational games. This is something that like she was ABC, talking about. Uh, ABC Mouse, stuff like ABC that. ABC Mouse. Um, oh, man. For Raz Kids. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many different apps and, and games that, that teach. I mean, okay, when I was a kid, we had a Commodore 64 and we had this Grover game. I'd put in the floppy disk into the machine, and then I, you know, I'd, and I'd go into DOS and I'd type "run game" or "run disk," and it would, it would boot up the game. But then it also had this um, rubber like mat that went over the keyboard, mm -hmm. and then it because what what it did is it reconfigured the keyboard to where a six year old could understand it. And I learned how to like, you know, I was learning my alphabet. I was learning how to. It was it was helping me with reading. Actually, I was probably younger than six at that point, but I was it was helping me with reading. And I, I was already an avid reader, but it helped me learn bigger words and how to string together sentences in a written format. And that was really cool. That was some. I mean, that and that was like Commodore sixty four, dude. I mean, we're talking like eighty four, eighty five, right? You know, and so like, and now like we look at ABC Mouse, Raz Kids. Um, there is something that I've actually looked at getting for my daughter. It's the uh, the Cano Computer Kit. Have you heard about that? Uh uh So what this is, it's a small personalized computer that 
they build themselves. That's real cool. And it also teaches them how to code and build their own applications. Oh, that's super cool. Which is really fucking cool. So I've thought about it. I think it's uh, specifically it says for six plus, so six years and older, uh, which is right in the age range my daughter is. So I was thinking about getting that for a Christmas gift. Uh, I'm not... I'm not so sure that she would enjoy it at first. I would probably have to coax her to really be able to learn how to do the things. But they're like, it's not teaching you like very in-depth coding. It's just teaching you how to build simple apps and be able to play games on it and do fun yeah. stuff. It's, yeah, and, it's basic. And just build an interest, which is really cool. And I mean, there are other things similar to this. I think this branched off of something else. But she basically continues on and says, what if games could reduce testing time in classrooms? What if they could reduce testing anxiety? And how could they give teachers snapshots of insight to help them better focus on their individual learning? And I, in, in the examples that she was giving, she was talking about that uh, Daniel Tiger game. Yeah. And which is, it's all, I mean, she, she works for PBS. This is all like... PBS information. She talks about Mr. Rogers being an interactive uh, uh, children's host, a uh, television host. Yeah, which wasn't really done before Mr. Rogers. Yeah, because she was saying that you know he actually had conversations with them. Yeah, let them think about it and respond to the television. Yeah, basically. and and what's funny is that I never recognized that he did that. I never recognized it until she she pointed it out honestly because when I was you know, watching Dora the Explorer with my kids, it would always creep me out when she would ask something and then it would just, just be pause. fucking silent. <laughs> I, I, like I, every she's time. Just staring at she, you with those beady eyes. I swear to God. And then it's swipers just, in the background and he's yeah, like, like there's just a, fucking there's a butterfly or like the little like snail band goes by. But like, uh, yeah, like it, it creeped me out. But that's just an exaggerated version of what Mr. Rogers did because he would only pause for like maybe five seconds. Yeah. And, but he would he would look and smile and nod and he'd go, that's great. You know, like he, he you know, was very interactive. Whereas Dora's super interactive too. Although I don't, I don't understand the theme of it because sometimes it's like, hey, it's a computer game now. Here's this weird blue mouse that's going to scroll, you know, cursor that's going to scroll <laughs> over the screen and click on something and make a computer noise. But the rest of the show is not like that. Right. It's like, well, where I mean, did this come from? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. But Sarah was talking about a little computer game that she had an interaction with a three-year-old who had never seen a computer before. And she was scrolling with the mouse and it she scrolled over an owl that was on the screen and it waved at her mm -hmm. and it was says, x the owl x the owl from and, mr rogers neighborhood yeah the and, blue owl and she said that uh the the three-year-old got up out of the seat and started waving back vigorously yeah because that's it was interacting is she the game the game itself was interacting with her she didn't actually learn something on it but she she interacted with it and that left an impression and then as she continued to learn to play the game, it, she learned it, she started learning things. And that's the thing is that with with uh, the games that our kids play, they can be programmed to uh, track what they're learning. And because this is the thing that I thought that, that she said that was really interesting was that she has uh, a thing with one of the games that her son plays that set, that tells her, so and so, you know, your son was playing this race car game, you know, or, you know, was playing this race car game that had to do with building a race car and other like things or whatever. And then she brought it up to him and had an interaction with her son about it. Well, now you're getting into the third and final. Ah, year, though. damn it. She says it's probably the biggest one on everybody's mind. Yeah, is, absolutely. Are these are these screens isolating me from my child? Well, I was kind of going like. It it, it kind of walks the line of the two, but yeah, of the two points, what I was saying, because she's able to see what her kid is learning and they're, and they're able to like graph and look at, um, they're able to project what a kid's test scores would be based off of the games that they're playing. Right. But what she talks about in the, uh, the Ted talk is that 
there are some apps that will text the parent and let the parent know what the kid is learning, what the kid is doing in particular games. That way you can sit down and have a conversation with them and about, you can be, about this game that they were playing. And it connects you. Yeah. And you, you have a common ground so you can actually become more vocal with your kids and they'll be able to respond because I I have a problem sometimes of talking to my kids as if they are adults. Yeah. And they're not adults. They're not. But I'm so used to interacting with other adults that I forget sometimes that yeah. my kids they don't give a shit about work. Yeah, they don't care. They don't they don't give a shit about my sports team. Nope. They care about what they're interested in. My kids care about my sports team because we all cheer together. <laughs> it's something we well, do together. But uh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, my, my my kids. So my kids don't always play all the all that uh, educate games that are really all that educational. But it's like hair salon or nail salon, and yeah. then they like bring it to me, and we will lay on the couch and play it together. You know, and they'll show me. Oh, look at look at how pretty I made her. You know, and I talked to him like, well, how did you do this? You know, or look, dad, I washed the puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, like, oh, cool. Show me. Show me how you're doing this. Because I mean, like, like I'm saying here is that it's giving you some common ground to sit there and build another another part of the relationship with your kids. Like one of the ways that I do it without the screens is I read to my daughter at night when mm-hmm. I'm putting her to bed. So, I mean, that's a great way to get them interested in reading and just build memories with you in particular. You know, oh, my dad used to read to me at night. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something that she will continue on and yeah. give to her kids if she does have kids. Yeah. What's funny is that uh, Charlie and Emma do what me and my brother used to do when we were kids is uh, we go to bed, you know, you know, apparently, and then go to sleep. Good job. You know, but then we would get out books and we would sit there and read. And uh, I mean, I I was always a stronger reader, so I would actually read to my brother. And Charlie reads to Emma at night. And That's sometimes cute. Emma's Emma's becoming a much better reader now, though in first grade. And uh, and so she's she's reading things herself, but like Charlie's reading like Charlotte's Web. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's she's reading books w- with no pictures. She's in second grade and she just is that's eating great. it up. Yeah, that's great. And which is, I mean, she's in that in that regard, she's a lot like me because that's how I was. So, yeah. way cool. And this is definitely not to brag, but oh no, I'm totally I, bragging. No, no, no. My my daughter is in AP classes. Yeah, they and, don't they don't have them in in kindergarten. Yeah. They don't have kindergarten AP. Right. AP doesn't start until until high school. No, it starts earlier than that. No, in, in elementary school, they just put you in GT. No, well, I mean, in her program, it's AP. All right, what what does AP stand for? I don't know. Accelerated <laughs> personalities. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you did. I was going to say percolating, but it, it wasn't going to mean what I meant or what I wanted it to mean. Ah. Did I do it? <laughs> Did I do it? You got it. <laughs> those two letters make those sounds. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I did it. But no, she's she's in the the gifted classes and I thought she was an AP. God damn it. She's in the AP gifted classes. Yeah, she she's in the, the gifted class. And one thing that we had her do was she was always on uh, those apps for like ABC mouse, ABC, doing educational stuff. Uh, I was reading to her at night. So she had a lot of screen time with, with these websites. And if they're educational, if they're done in the right way, I think that it can be an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. On, on kids that aren't doing those things. Yeah. And then it also gets them, Let's be honest. Most jobs are going to be technology-based in the future anyway. Oh, absolutely. So they're going to have to know basic computer skills. Yeah. And then, uh, but you know, what's funny is that, like, I find my kids watching a lot of uh, YouTube of people 
acting out opening boxes terrible no no it's okay so people have created like entire worlds in uh minecraft and then they take videos of them and their friends in these servers like acting out some sort of terrible play and in and it's in one case it's this one girl who plays like five different characters and it's the same she she doesn't change up the voice <laughs> she just the only way that you and you know it's minecraft so their mouths don't move so you know they're talking when their heads nod mm-hmm. but can you imagine trying to do that playing it to do that while you're recording like you because you're seeing it from a first person view so you're just seeing the head go up you're just looking up and down mm-hmm. that's got to be nauseating <laughs> that's got to be terrible yeah why if, are they watching these videos I don't know. <laughs> they, they, I don't know how they got into Minecraft. I don't know who told them about it. But when I find out who did it, I'm going to call him a blockhead. <laughs> You're a blockhead. Hey, blockhead. And they're going to be like, thanks, Charlie Brown. So, Naven. Yeah. You need some advice? Yeah, I do. Well, what you got? All right. This is from Teresita at Latin Goddess T. Dilemma. I saw my sister's husband on a dating site. Should I tell or should I not? Hashtag need advice. Um, First question. Left or right? Yeah, yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. Because I'm more interested in what the fuck you did. Okay. (laughs) See, this is interesting because this is a different direction than I was going to go. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever I was on dating sites, because I've deleted them all now, but when I was on them, if I saw someone I knew, friend, or you know, if it was a friend, I, I would swipe right. If it's somebody who's, who I knew that was annoying, I'd swipe left. But if they're, I mean, and so. Oh, because I definitely see some fucking people who are annoying on dating apps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that same one all the time. And I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But I see, but like I, I see friends on there, and I'm like, swipe right, it'll be funny, and yeah. then they swipe right, and then we have like a good laugh about it, how we're both on this dating app. <laughs> but like, you know, I just had a feeling we would match. But I mean, like, how fucked up would it be if she swiped right, and then it popped up for him, and he was like, oh no, yeah, exactly, she knows I'm on here. Yes, but what if it's an app? Where one of the options is friends only, and he wants he's just looking for friends. Maybe he doesn't make but, good friends. Okay, so here's okay. the thing, though. Yeah, give me the button. You have to specifically say, I want to be on this friends only portion. Yes. And she's not swiping on the friends only portion. That's she's, true. She's swiping on the friends with benefits portion. She's, she's <laughs> swiping on that D. <laughs> yeah. She's swerving on that wood. Like, I, I definitely To quote Beyonce. Houston legend Beyonce. <laughs> swerving on that wood. Swerving, swerving on that wood. Gross. I didn't know what that meant for a while, like when the song first came out. Anyway, proceed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely I think you need to swipe right on that and just give him a little nudge and be like, hey, I know you're on this shit. Yeah. and um, And then guess what? At that point, if he swipes right on you... <laughs> Which God, I hope he wouldn't. Why? Um, there are definitely some people who would, though. Yeah. But at that point, it it opens up the option for either. Basically, you're telling him, "I know you're on this." Either you tell her, or I will. Or, so here's we're getting to where I was going. Is the first thing that she needs to do is approach him and talk to him about it. There's no need to blow it all up and ruin their marriage. No. I mean, if he, if he's on the app, there's no telling if he's done anything yet or not. Or maybe he got on it. They, they Maybe they had a fight and he got on it and was just kind of exploring. Maybe, maybe. Which is not. Maybe his wife, you know, moved right. out. You maybe maybe, maybe she left the house for a couple of days and he thought she was just going to be gone forever. And then he did it to like. He's not a dog. Well, I mean. I guess technically he yeah. could be a dog, but no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I meaning like they got in a fight and she like went to her mom's house or something. Oh, I thought you meant just like go on vacation. No. Like, oh, she took a business trip to DC this <sighs> weekend. And, she went oh, to work. So oh I'm... shit, she's gone. She's not coming back. She went to she's, work and I'm all. I'm alone forever. <laughs> yeah. No. Who's um, gonna feed me? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Who's gonna clean up my poop in the backyard? No. I... What what I'm saying is that I think 
the very best thing to do is to always go to the person that you know has done the wrong and confront them about it. There's no need for an ultimatum. There's no need to say, you know, because you don't know how how the wife, uh, how how her sister's going to react. Well, but also, also, you don't know that your sister hasn't said, told him specifically. Yeah, go around and have an affair with other people. I'm okay with that. Maybe they're in, an, in open an open relationship. relationship. Maybe yeah. maybe they're polyamorous. Maybe so. Maybe your sister's on there and you're just not seeing her on there Pick, because you're not swiping on on the same sex. Yeah, because she's trolling for dudes. Yeah. But also, uh, Teresita, you um, you totally put this on blast on Twitter. <laughs> like Does someone, your follow you? someone who knows your sister or her or your brother-in-law, who also follows you on Twitter, is going to see this and say something to somebody, and now you're an asshole for not having done anything about it. But you, but because you went behind their back. And because you were passive aggressive and put it on the internet instead, it's going to get back to them. Which, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this. Thank you for giving us this gem. Yes. You big dumb idiot. Jared, <laughs> what do you got? This comes from So Toasty. At oh, yeah. Toasty Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it has all those O's. <laughs> it, it has O's and zeros. Oh. Man, that's good. That's real good. <laughs> Hashtag need advice. I'm a waxer and do not want to accept male clients anymore. How do... <laughs> Hashtag question mark in a box. State this without sounding like a discriminatory brat. Um, what you do is you market yourself for women. That's what I got. <laughs> you, hilarious i get it i get it you don't you don't want to i mean dudes are real hairy and berries just hanging around you know, but it's not even that i mean like dudes have so much more to wax than women do because dudes grow hair everywhere mm. i have hair on my back in like weird places where i'm like well, how did it get there and it's not like it's a big patch it's like like a, a few stray blonde hairs and i'm like how did that get there why would it choose to grow over my kidney? What is the fucking point of this? Is my kidney, is it growing kidney beans and these are the sprouts? What's happening? So, like, I mean, if I were to get, like, a wax, like, I would, like, wax my back and shoulders and, like, you know, parts of, you know, like, the back of my neck where my where I get the, the, uh, the goat tail that comes down. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. You know what I'm talking about. When you go without a haircut for a long time and your hair starts to grow down your neck on the sides but not in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens to me. Or, you know, I'd like, I'd wax my chest and my arms and my legs. I would not wax my pits or my privies because that just seems like it would hurt a lot. See, I think that most guys, and I could be wrong, but I think that most guys would probably go and get the, either their back waxed. Yeah. Or their balls. Oh no, no, oh. no! Um, I I think uh, the no no zones are, are definitely man, a, a spot. Let's do the no no zones. I think I think that's what we're talking about here. I think she's talking no, about just, those no no zones. Just, just get my back in my chest, and I'm and I'm good to go. I will be so slippery. <laughs> I will be such a slippery boy. I'll be like a snake. <laughs> I will be, I could, I mean, could you imagine how fast I would go down the water slide? Could you imagine how quickly you would get off of the bed if you had satin sheets? Dude, can you just imagine how fast I could do anything? Just, just, just the total loss of, of uh, air drag on my hair. Would, you would be faster than I Michael would be, Phelps. I would, you would have to start calling me Barry Allen. I would be so fast. You see how hairy my arms are. I can only, this is as fast as they can move because of the air drag on my arm hairs. <laughs> that is why I'm not the Flash. Is that because is because I have arm hair. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm gonna go get my arms waxed. <laughs> I want to be so fast. <laughs> I mean, the ramblings. This of a is man my speed now. 
This is as fast as I can move now. And this is not fast enough. I don't I, like this. It's not fast enough. Do you know how much faster I could move without hair? Go shave right now. No, no, I did that, and it looks bad on my face. <laughs> Your eyebrows especially. No, no, I'm keeping them eyebrows because I want people to know what my emotions are. <laughs> so, Nathan, we actually have some uh, neat advice from some followers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, Who's up first? And where did you find them? We put out a call for neat advice on Facebook, and we got we got two responses. Okay. So, start with number one. So Jennifer asks, ex-wives, how do you deal with them? Unrelated, defecating on someone's car, worth it? Okay. Uh, number one. Uh, number one. I don't think these are unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> number one. I don't think they're unrelated. But number to answer the first question, they exist. Answer the second question, <laughs> how to deal with them uh, is in as civil a manner as possible, giving them as much respect as possible. Well, it depends. Are they ex-wives that you have children with, or are they just the run-of-the-mill ex-wife? Fair. I will. Ca- I, ca- I cast fair. <laughs> um Yes, I cast invisibility. Yes. yes. Um, so if you know, because we're not talking about invisibility cloak again, I can't handle it. <laughs> so I, I got so angry about that. You fucking weirdo. <laughs> so um, also, I play D&D with you, and I know what you and your character would do with invisibility. Yeah, definitely. But uh, they exist. And, Congratulations. And they do exist. And and like Santa Claus okay, and the Easter Bunny. So so going back to what and I was Jesus. saying, you treat them with as much respect and civility as possible because if you don't, that that sends a bad signal to your kids. No. So whenever you're talking about ex-wives with children, yes. Yes. You you need with, to without children, you just them. it's clean break. Yeah, it's a clean fucking break. Clean break. Don't even fucking talk to them. Yeah, you're done. And that's where I'm going. No is... more no more conversation. No no not between us, but between you and them. Oh okay. Yeah no we, we're still talking. Oh I was we, about to hit the button. No no we still have way more to go, and we we don't hit the button. That's what Nez does on because I'm an adult. Yeah, but I got a button right here. I can just push the button. Yeah no I don't want you to do that. Okay. Elevator so... go down the hole. <laughs> No, so the ex-wives that you don't have children with, just don't fucking talk to them. Yeah, have yeah, yeah. nothing to do with them. Yeah, no, you're and done. You know what? You're done, those. I feel bad because we are in Texas, and we don't have alimony in this state. And for the people who do have alimony states, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that sucks. You are that tied really to that sucks. person yeah. and until, I don't know, for whatever the court-appointed time, appointed time is, uh, that sucks. Um. We do have spousal support here, but it is also only for a limited time. It's not the same, though. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not like half of what you make goes to them. No. It's, it's like, a, like a really small portion. And for the most part, I don't see it getting enforced anyway. I've seen it get enforced here. I haven't. Oh, I got some friends you can talk to about it. No, thanks. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to deal with it, so it doesn't matter. Um, nope. And neither do I. Okay. Um, and, and as far as defecating on a car, I, I definitely, whenever I see somebody with a Porsche and they park their Porsche or whatever luxury vehicle it is, and they have, they take up two spots. Well, I mean, take up two spots or they have the convertible and they leave the convertible top down. I always get the urge. Okay. I'll say this. Don't ever leave DNA anywhere. That's a fair point. What you do? Get some dog shit. Find some dog do, <laughs> and you pick it up in a plastic bag. But you don't leave the plastic bag because no. you, you just dump the poo. But you yeah. keep the bag and you throw it away, like somewhere down the street. See, you want to keep the bag because now it has your fingerprints on it, and also oil from your skin, which carries DNA. Right. Do not leave DNA evidence. No, that's a bad idea. Also. I am not telling. We're not telling you to do anything that involves poop and in, but in if a you car. Do send us pictures. No, don't. I don't. I don't want to be involved with this. <laughs> I don't want to be tied to this. We're not condoning it. If you do it, you can send it directly to Jared. Do not send it to me. Uh, you, <laughs> you can. You can send it directly to Jared at I am Papa John. Sure thing. I think we nailed this one. Yeah, we did. Who's our next one? Drew, uh, who is a friend of the show. So is Jennifer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Friend of the show. 
Yeah. All right. This is from a friend of the show, Drew. And and, and Drew says, uh, I have need advice answers, which I think she means questions, but we got you, Drew. I work a lot of hours a week, and my girls see much more of their other parent than they do of me. My youngest has started to vocalize her preference and doesn't want to be around doesn't want to be around me most of the time when I am home. How do I maintain a healthy, loving relationship with my two girls and also work enough to provide for them? Um, take them to work. <laughs> take, take, take take your girls to work. Take them to work. Put them put them in a put them in a box, and and keep them in the office. And then you just pop in periodically and give them little scraps of food. So most people are going to hear this and be like, "What the fuck is Nathan talking about?" <laughs> I want to leave it ambiguous. <laughs> so you're gonna put your girls in the box. So what you do is you put your you you put your girls in a box and you call them the rooster. Did I do it? <laughs> you you did something. Did I make a really? I mean, it's n- not that obscure Alice in Chains <laughs> joke. It's not. Unless you don't know who Alice in Chains is, which I wouldn't expect you to if you're, I don't know, if you stopped listening, if you didn't start listening to the radio until like the year 2000. Let's say that. That's fair. Fair point. So we know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And we have had this conversation with her plenty of times. Yeah, take him to work. No, find another job. Oh, yeah. No, we've definitely told her that yes, constantly. Constantly. Drew, new job. New job. Move, and look, I, I get Move it. here. Move here. There are plenty of jobs here. Yeah, I get it. Like, she's working in a particular job uh, that they're short-staffed. So she gets the brunt of it. I know I know people that work for that same company here in town, and it's the same thing. It's just that yeah, company. It's just that company. And that's the problem. Like, I, I think she's worried that she won't find something that pays as well uh, and that she can use her skills in doing. A lot of jobs. Yeah, I think there's a lot of jobs out there. There are a lot of jobs. That you can get into that are even entry-level jobs. Yeah, that you can get without a degree. Right. You just get job. Yeah. I could I could give you job. Drew, come come work with me. I give you job. There you go. Drew and just then, got a job offer. And then you can be with cats all the time. I mean girls. Damn it. You can be with your girls all you the time. You can be with girls all the time. Leave leave your job. Come to Houston. I will give you job. For a short time. <laughs> I will give you I will give you job. <laughs> you can I I will give you a good job and you will make better money. And have more free time, way more free time because you make your own schedule. Yeah. So that that is our advice. New job for the umpteenth time. For the love of your girls. Yes. New job. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, the podcast source and podknife.com. We only grow because of your of you spreading the word. Join in on the conversation on social media by searching High Hungry Podcast on all platforms. Help us create a better show by donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash highhungrypodcast. A single dollar goes a long way. Ask Andrew and Simon. Yeah, Andrew and Simon know for sure. You can also find our t-shirt designs on spreadshirt.com by searching High Hungry Podcast. And hey, keep it nerdy. And don't forget your pants.